0: Praise God. You may be seated today. Thank you, Father. Last week we started talking uh, and shared just a prophetic message and entitled it The J. Hughes Are Coming. Then uh, on Sunday night, we talked about uh, Jezebel's children must die. Jezebel's children must die. I want to stay in that vein today. If you didn't uh, hear that, weren't here for that, I would encourage you to uh, go to our website, our church app, and get that those messages. And uh, then perhaps this message today will make a little more sense. In 1 Kings, chapter 18, verse 21, it said, Then Elijah came to the people and said, How long will you halt or falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, then follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. But the people answered him not a word. But the people answered him not a word. Elijah called them to face the truth of the situation and to come to a place in their lives where they have to make a choice. For all of us, there comes times in our life when we have to make a choice. Are we going to do our own thing or are we going to follow God? Are we going to be all in or are we just going to be wishy-washy? And Elijah calls them to face this truth and God in his power and This word falter or halter here means to stumble, to to tremble, to waver, to hesitate, to flounder. And my granddad used to tell me he who hesitates is lost. (laughs) It's amazing how some things will just stick with you. He said if you hesitate, it means you're lost. Um, How long are you gonna hesitate? How long are you going to falter? How long are you going to flounder around? Uh, In this thing or or when are you going to go all in you see hesitation is a sign of doubt it's wavering it's it's to be fickle it is to to be shifting uh, to one change to another it's it's just vacillating it's not uh, foundation it's not anchored it's not sure and God is calling his church today and asking us how long are we gonna falter How long are we going to flounder around? How long are we going to dance with the devil? You see, there's got to be some things, and that's the reason I've been talking this past month about doctrine. There's some things that's got to be absolutes. There has to be something that you anchor your soul to because if you don't have something that is, is solid, something that is firm, something that is an absolute. And I know today in this culture they say there is no absolutes, but I submit to you today that there is there is and if you don't have an absolute if you don't have something to anchor your soul to that is absolute then you'll flounder around all of your life you'll never know what real truth is and so the world wants uh, us to uh, take on their belief system where there are no absolutes where there is just whatever you believe you believe whatever you feel like is right that's what's right right You know, even uh, they've gone further than than you can even imagine, or I could even imagine uh, to now that it isn't just what you believe, but it is what you are, what you identify as. You know, you can get up today and identify as a man, and get up tomorrow and identify as a woman, and get up on Wednesday and identify as a rabbit. It just keeps on getting crazier and crazier right? And, and you see people walking around with dog collars on. Now, I don't know where you come from, but that don't make no sense to me. Right? That ain't, that ain't cute. It isn't, don't, don't make you look any better. Uh, it, it, it's really a, a degrading to, to have an animals something around, that's supposed to be around an animal around your neck. But this, this culture is crazy. This culture has gone wild and, and now it's just whatever you identify as. That's what people and they get offended if you don't don't just you know give in to, to this weird craziness. That's the culture we're in. But that means that that there's there's no place left for absolutes. So we just we resound to just being uh, whatever people want us to be. But I'm telling you today that God must have a people that are sold out. We must be a people that are, and when I say sold out, that means there's no place left for the devil. There's no place left for the enemy. How do you come to that, Pastor? Well, I I read it somewhere. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. That you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God. Amen. And so he tells us that we have to be sold out. He said, love, uh, let love be without hypocrisy. He tells us to abhor evil and to cling to what is good. You see, you've got to, you've got to hate evil as, with the same passion and, uh, that you love goodness. Amen? You've got to, you've got to hate evil. You can't, you can't kill anything that's your patty cake. And as long as we're holding on to our little, our pet devils, we'll never kill them. As long as you know, you know, that's the reason why they tell you don't name animals, you know, and especially on the farm, I said, don't, don't name the pig. Well, my pig's name's Pork Chop. I don't have a problem with it. Amen. And my cow's name's Ribeye. Yum yum's gone. So Ribeye's coming. Man but whenever you you start naming things you get attached to it and and people don't want to let go of it and whenever we start allowing uh, those things that are evil those things that are wicked and we start patty them and and we start culling up to them then they're hard to crucify they're hard to let go of and so what we have to do is we've got to hate that with the same uh, 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 uh fervency that we love what is good we must hate what is evil amen and elijah just had killed 450 prophets of baal and he tells ahab you better get off of this mountain because there's a great rain that is coming and elijah he ran out to ahab's horse and And he uh, runs out ahead of it and runs into the city. And he beats Ahab in his chariot. And and when you study this out, that city was about 25 miles away. And Ahab goes and tells his wife what Elijah has done. Right? You must understand uh, one thing about this story. And that is that Ahab is the king, but he's not running things. His wife Jezebel is running the country through him. And she's the one that says what goes and what doesn't go. She's the one that's in control. And so let's pick up this story here in 1 Kings chapter 19. And um, verse number 1. And the Bible says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the uh, prophets with the sword, and Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let it, uh, the gods do to, you, to me and me more also if I don't make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time, right? Jezebel is a person in this story. But it's giving us a picture of a spirit that we still have to deal with today. This spirit works in men and it also works in women. The reason why that it refers to this spirit in the female gender is because it reproduces. That's the reason Sunday night we talked about Jezebel's children and the Bible says that Jezebel's children have to die. This spirit was alive in Elijah's day, and this spirit is still alive in the book of Revelation. And I have news for you, it is still alive today. We are not talking about a gender here where that the, uh, you know, good meaning and intending people in days past is talked about women being a Jezebel because they wore makeup and jewelry. That, that is, that's the devil was laughing at that mess right but we've learned better we've we've come out of that mess and that foolishness and we understand that he's not talking about jewelry and makeup he is far is much greater than that and that is a spirit that has come to torment the church and in particular those who will take leadership where you see she is never Uh, this spirit Jezebel teaches us these things but but she's never in the forefront whenever you read about this spirit it's always sending somebody else anytime people come to you and say they said they think someone else said you see I've been doing this a day or two now and when people come to me and they say pastor uh, you know there's some people that think, or they said, I said, who's they? Oh, I can't tell you that. Then I said, I don't wanna hear it. Because why? Because it isn't nothing but the spirit of Jezebel at work to try to bring a spirit of discouragement to you. And they say, and, and, and it's like this, and they say, and they, well, who's they? Well, the only they there is, it wants to suggest to you that there's a lot of folks that thinking this way, but the real thing is it's only Ahab and Jezebel. Amen. It's them and brother or sister bucket mouth that's got together and that is the they. But they want to bring it to you as if it were three quarters of the church. It isn't just operating in the church, but it'll operate in your house. It'll operate at work. It comes to try to discourage. It comes to try to manipulate and to control you. And the nature of Jezebel is to carry gossip. I heard. (laughs) She said, right? It's always meant to bring discouragement. And then it's never firsthand information. It's always third, fourth, fifth, sixth generation. And all of us know how it is. We've all played that game where that, that I I tell Brother Gary something and Brother Gary tells Sister Patty and Sister Patty tells uh, Cosby and, and, and then you get it back around and it's always different than what it first started, right? And whenever you got third, fourth, fifth generation gossip, it's always going to get bigger cuz somebody's going to add their imagination to it. And it's going to get worse than it really is. That's the reason why I'm careful about who I have pray for things because you can tell somebody that they've got a toothache and then before it gets, you know, around they've got cancer in their mouth and right? It just gets all blown out of proportion. But, but I'm not talking about prayer service. I'm talking about a Jezebel spirit. It comes to bring discouragement. It comes to, to divide, right? The old method of divide and conquer. And so it'll try to divide you with somebody else. And so this spirit comes to sow a seed of doubt and fear so that it can bring you down. Amen. So that you feel overwhelmed and, and you don't carry gossip. When you carry gossip, it, it begins to work uh, and the works of the flesh begin to be accomplished. So if someone will talk to you about someone else, then with them not in their presence, that's gossip. And if they'll do that with you about someone else, then be sure that they'll talk about you to someone else when you're absent. Amen. The spirit of gossip carries with it sickness, disease. It opens up your life to every attack of the devil. It's like a funnel it, it's a magnet it draws that everything the devil has it'll draw to your life if the devil gets into your house make him work for it don't leave the front door unlocked don't put a welcome sign in your yard if you if he gets in the house make him work to get in the house amen Because, you see, this enemy comes to try to steal, to kill, and destroy. It comes to to oppress you. In verse 4, it says uh, there in 1 Kings 19, verse 4, But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under the uh, broom tree or the juniper tree, and he prayed that he might die and said, It is enough now lord take my life for i am no better than my fathers amen whenever you are under a spiritual attack you have to resist the temptation to isolate yourself you have to resist the temptation to go hide why Because what's exactly what the enemy wants you to do? He wants you to separate yourself from the believers so that you don't hear faith, so that you don't hear truth, so you don't hear encouragement, so that you feel as though that you're the only one that has ever gone through what you're going through. It is true. This spirit will come and it will try to make you feel like it, that you're the only one that has ever dealt with what you're dealing with, that nobody else has ever felt like this. And it tries to oppress you and to discourage you and to a place that you come to. Because at the end of the day, after the, he prays, the suicide spirit comes to him. And, and he prays that God would just let him die. This is right after his greatest victory this is right after he destroys all of these demonic spirits of hell that have come and he destroys them single-handedly and now he's up underneath a juniper tree or a tree praying for god to just let me die said i'm no good right what has happened here? What happened to the man of faith and power? What happened to this great man that called, you know, some people say, well, he just didn't have anything anyways. Well, let me ask you something. When was the last time you prayed fire down from heaven? <laughs> I mean, he was anointed. He, he was God's man of faith and power. He, he had something, come on, right? But, but all of this depression is not because, uh, because of a Jezebel spirit. He is in this place of a battle and this spirit gets on him, right? I talk to you Sunday night whenever you get in proximity of something, right? The Bible says that Saul, when he got in the atmosphere and the presence of the prophets, he began to prophesy. He is a heathen. But when he got into that atmosphere that anointing got on him he began to prophesy like the prophets and whenever you get in close proximity to a spirit it will begin to operate in your life and then so he he sees that this Jezebel spirit this spirit of depression gets on him and he is overwhelmed. Today, we're seeing this spirit at work whenever there are so many that are living under a a heaviness of depression. All generations, young to old. We see this spirit at work, people feeling as though that they're a nobody, they're a nothing. Whenever God has called you blessed, when God has favored you, when he has given you his fingerprint upon your life and you're marked like nobody else, but yet the enemy will cause you to believe that you're a nobody. You're a nothing, right? This is the same man that just prayed a prayer and God answered the prayer and the fire of God fell, amen. And now just days later, he's praying and asking God to take his life. After your greatest victory, there'll always be tests. After your greatest victory, there'll be your greatest battle. This is a great man of God, but he's under an attack of hell. Hell knew that he just pulled a, he just pulled a move. He just put a move on him and now he has to move quickly to get his foothold back or he's going to lose this ground. He just went up against 850 false prophets, that a uh, satanic priest, if you will, who ate at Jezebel's table. In other words, that, that she's feeding them her doctrine. She's feeding them how to think how to act how to respond they're sitting at her table and she's feeding them uh, her the way that she wants things to be they were the most powerful the most demonized individuals that hell had ever produced so what pressure overwhelmed this great man of god what is it that caused him to fall prey it was the spirit of jezebel verse 5 then as she lay and slept under the as he lay and slept under the broom tree suddenly an angel touched him and said to him arise and eat and then he looked And there by his head was a cake baked on the coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. And so he rose and he ate and drank and he went on the strength of that meat for 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God, right? He went on the strength of that meat for 40 days and 40 nights and went to the mountain of Horeb of God. Where have we heard that before? Mount Horeb. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah. And so he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, tore down your altars and killed your prophets with a sword, and I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Right? Oh, watch this? I'm nobody. I'm a nothing. I, 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 I'm no good. My life is no good. How can the enemy make you believe that whenever God is sending angels to feed you? You're somebody in the sight of he's got his scope on you. Amen. He's got purpose for your life, but he says, I'm a nobody. He buys into the lie of the enemy. And in this spirit of discouragement comes on him. And the devil is always wanting to try to think that, that there are more than there really is on his side. The enemy is always wanting you to feel as though they're all against me. Right? How many people, how many do you know people that, that they've got this mentality that the whole world is against them? Well, ain't you special that the whole world has taken their time and focused all of their energy to to destroy you? Aren't you special? Right. (laughs) But the enemy wants you to believe that, to feel that way. I, I think I know what people are saying they feel feel as though the whole world is against them but what happened here in numbers chapter 13 is what what happened there with with Elijah is that the same thing when the children of Israel the Bible said that the children of Israel went into this place and 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 spied out the land right and we know how that the spies went in and, and Joshua and Caleb went in and they brought back a good report and then the, the other spies, they went in and they said, well, they, 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 it's just like they said it was, but there's giants in that land, right? And they didn't just say there's some giants, they said they are all giants in that land. Now, the truth was there was some giants, but also also the truth was they were not all giants, right? And Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess the land. You see, whenever the enemy starts speaking and the enemy starts talking, you better start saying something. Because if you don't, that spirit will get on you and overwhelm you and depress you and make you feel as though you're never coming out of this. But Caleb uh, spoke up and silenced the people, said, hush it, that's enough of that. Amen. For we are well able to overcome it. But the men had gone up with him and said we are not able uh, to go up against this people for they're stronger than we are. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report in the land with the spies saying the land through which we have gone or the spy the land that devour the inhabitants thereof. And all of the people whom we saw in that uh, great men of stature, they're giants, right? They're descendants of Achan, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we are in their sight. Amen. You see, whenever you begin to look at this, you understand how this spirit works. It speaks to you long enough, and if you listen to it, you begin to take on what it's saying about you. And what it is saying about the children of Israel is you're weak, you're unable, you can't do it. And so now here comes the report back and the report coming out of Israel is we're like grasshoppers in our own sight. So we've got to be grasshoppers in their sight all of the people in that land were not giants there was giants living there but not all of them were and the enemy wants you to believe that everything that has come against your life and everything that is working is greater than you are it's stronger than you are it's more powerful than you are and it's all of this is against you amen but these are lying reports that were believed and and allowed the children of Israel to be filled with fear, and fear produces doubt, and doubt produces unbelief, and unbelief cannot enter into the place of promise. This is the same place Elijah finds himself believing a lie that hell has sent him. This is the same place that Elijah finds himself believing A lie that hell has sent him. Right? Has the devil ever caused you to believe a lie? Believe that you were the only one left. That you were all by yourself. That there was no one else standing with you. There was no one else going with it through you. There was no one else caring about you right you and i need to understand that when those feelings come that it is an attack of the enemy and that devil is a liar amen he was spiritually unaware he goes into the very place mount horeb the very place that god showed himself to moses Right. The very place that God revealed his glory to Moses is the same place where God was going to show himself but he was so discouraged he was so overwhelmed he was so tormented and feeling as though he was a worm that he couldn't hear God then he said in verse 11 then he he said Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord and behold the Lord passed by a great strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord but the Lord was not in the wind and after the wind an earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake and after the earthquake a fire but the Lord was not in the fire and after the fire a still small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in a mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave and suddenly the voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? Now, I know scripture says, and if you don't read it uh, and just take it into context here, you'll think that God wasn't in this stuff. You know, it wasn't in the wind, he wasn't in the fire, he wasn't in the earthquake. But the Bible says that he passed by in the earthquake, in the fire. God was there, Elijah just couldn't see him. Why? Because he was depressed. Because he was suicidal. Because he believed the report that the enemy had sent him. And God showed up, just like he showed up to show himself to Moses, he shows up to show himself to Elijah, but he can't see it because he's under this spell that the enemy has brought him. And God says, I've passed by you, but you couldn't see me. You couldn't feel me. I was here all along, right? And he says in a still, small voice, what are you doing here? Sometimes God has to send an earthquake to shake you from whatever can be shaken. Then he'll send the wind to blow out of your life, everything that's unneeded. Then he has to send a fire to burn up the shaft. And it feels like that we're all alone, feels like that nobody cares. But if you're listening, I said, if you're listening, God's still speaking, he's still revealing himself. He's still showing himself as strong, just like he has showed himself to his prophets and his servants in days past. God is still revealing himself today, but the question is, can we hear him? Have we believed the report that has come to discourage us, to overwhelm us? To cause us to feel as though that we're inadequate, insufficient and even a spirit of depression or God forbid but a suicidal spirit that has come to rest upon our life that we cannot hear the sovereign God speaking to us. Verse 15, it said, Then the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, anoint Hazel as king over Syria. Also, you shall anoint Jehu for the son of um, Nimshai as king over Israel, and Elijah the son of Sapheth uh, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. Amen. So God says to him, he says, look, if, you, if you're going to believe the report of the enemy, if you're going to accept this as the truth of the gospel, he said, then, then I'm done. But he said, before you're done, then you're going to anoint the, the ones that are going to do what I've asked you to do. Let me ask you a question. You've been called for a purpose. You've got a a mandate upon your life. You may never stand behind this pulpit. You may never take mic in hand and sing a song. But I promise you, you were created for a purpose. You were designed for a destiny. There's there's, there's something over your life. The word of the Lord is over your life. And he has created you uh, wonderfully and fearfully in his likeness and his image. But are you going to fulfill that purpose? Purpose. Jezebel but calls this great man of God to believe he was a nothing and God said if you're not going to do it it doesn't cancel out my assignment He said, I want you to go and anoint Hazel. He'll take your place over there in Syria. You stop and anoint Jehu. And because he's going to take that anointing and he's going to lead Israel. And then he said, there's there's this young boy over there. He's serving uh, in, in the field right now. But he's going to take your mantle of a prophet. So go anoint him. three took three people to carry the anointing that was on this one man and he thought he was a nobody he the enemy made him believe he was nothing are you walking with me today jezebel is a spirit that hates authority it seeks out young, naive, I even dare say simple, inexperienced, gullible people to work through. It's about manipulation and domination. It's about the controlling spirit that allows is allowed to seduce and to succeed because there is weak leadership like Ahab. Amen. This spirit detests strong leadership. And whenever you encounter and confront this Jezebel spirit, let me just give you some things. As I said, I've been at it a minute. When you corner a Jezebel spirit, it's not going to rise up and show itself. It's going to whimper. It's going to whine. It's going to try to gather sympathy from you. (laughs) Yeah, I've watched it. Because it never wants to be the forefront. It always wants to be somebody else to do the talking for it. But whenever you confront it, then it begins to, to, to want you to feel sorry for it. Because it doesn't have the nerve to stand up to you alone. It don't want to speak for itself. It always wants to send somebody else to do its talking for it. Amen. Whenever you have a spirit that hides, that's the reason why I told you whenever all this, uh, this COVID junk was going on, that COVID is a weak spirit. Anything you've got to stick uh, some, you know, something up your nose three inches to find out if you got it or not, that's a scared spirit. <laughs> Amen. You don't even know you got it. for whatever, many days, whatever. These spirits run and they hide. And it's something that's all the time trying to work under the surface, but never wants to manifest itself. Because if it manifests, you can cast it out. Amen? Amen? people have asked me before what do you do with the devil I said it fools around it'll manifest and when it does I'll cast it out amen why because we have the power we have the authority God has given us dominion over all of the works of the devil amen you you know me you've been around long but I don't go looking for them but when they show up there's power in the name of Jesus amen it can only be, this spirit can only be broken by a Jehu anointing. A strong leader that refuses to be swayed by the seduction of, of this enemy that has come. You have to, you see, you can't give in to it. You can't cower down to it. You, can't, you may be, feel like you're standing all alone, but you've got to stand on what you know. Amen. Some people are afraid to make wrong choices. You see, it's hard in leadership. I don't care if it's in the church, if it's in the workplace, if it's in your home. It's hard to be a leader today. And if you find someone that's willing to lead, you ought to champion them. You ought to encourage them. You ought to, wherever it is, in your workplace, your home, your church, whatever, because you see, this enemy comes to try to break down leadership and authority. But you've got to stand, and sometimes you've got to make decisions on the best that you can by the word of the Lord by the spirit of prayer you make the best decision and sometimes even then it may be wrong but you got to will be willing to take the chance to be wrong but stand on what you believe come on stand on what you believe yeah in 40 some years I've made wrong decisions wrong choices but it wasn't because I was trying to be stupid it wasn't because I was trying to destroy the church Ain't that the dumbest thing you ever heard? That preacher just trying to destroy the, what in the world? <laughs> Amen. You know how much God invested in this thing? My whole life's in the kingdom of God. You think I'm going to do something stupid to try to hurt or try to destroy or try to mess up the kingdom of God? No, sir. No, ma'am. But there are some things you make your best decision, you make your best choices. And if it is wrong, I'm telling you that God will grace you. Because I've made wrong decisions, wrong choices, but it was from a pure heart. And God honored it. (laughs) Amen. are you hearing me I'm telling you today as a child of God wherever you are if it's in ministry if it's in your home if it's in your workplace if you will make those decisions and stand firm upon the Word of God that God will honor you he will bless you this spirit is after authority it wants to take out authority from leadership and use that authority against you amen It takes courage to lead in these times. God's dealing with Elijah and probably, you know, I'm not the best at my words and all. I'd probably said, get your sorry self up out of there. I done sent you angels, I've sent you food. You crying around, nobody cares about you. And i'm sending you food by angels now get up get your hiney up get over there and deal with jezebel <laughs> aren't you glad i'm not jesus <laughs> amen but god in his mercy and his grace he doesn't do that he just says okay okay but before you're finished go over there and anoint hazel be king over syria Go on over there and anoint Jehu to be king over Israel. And go and stop by Elijah and anoint him to take your prophetic place. You see, Jezebel got what she wanted. She didn't want Elijah's body. She wanted his authority. Amen. Amen. God says, look, you're not the only one. He said, in fact, he said, I've got 7,000 men down there that have never bowed their knee to Baal, amen? But this spirit got on him and made him to believe, I'm the only one serving God. I'm the only one standing for right. I'm the only one that's doing this. And the enemy keeps on bombarding us and the longer we listen to it. That's the reason why you got to start talking. You got to say something. That's the reason Caleb opened his mouth and shut the people up. Whenever people start gossiping, whenever the negative words start coming, you got to say something. Because if you don't, it'll get in your head. And when it gets in your head, it'll, it'll, it'll be hard to get out. You'll keep on listening to it and you'll keep on playing it over and over and over and over and over again. Even in your sleep, you'll hear it and it'll torment you until you believe what it's telling you. Amen. But whatever you do, don't give in to it. Don't believe the lie. You're created for greatness. You're created for purpose. You've got a destiny over your life. Amen. He's at his lowest state of discouragement and fear, and he still had enough anointing on his life to anoint two kings and a prophet. The lowest point, he's praying to die. I'm done. And there's still enough anointing in his life to anoint two kings to run nations and to be a prophetic voice in the earth. I'm telling you there's more in you than you think. I said there's more in you. Then the enemy wants you to believe. He wants to tell you you're nothing, you're nobody, you can't do it. You can't be the wife you need to be. You can't be the husband you need to be. You can't be the leader that you need to be. You can't be, you can't, you can't, you can't. But the enemy has lied to you and there's greatness inside of you. The kingdom of God is on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. And on your worst day, are you hearing me? On your worst day, you're still greater than every adversary, every power of hell, everything the enemy can uh, bring up against you in your life. You're greater than that. Amen. You're greater than that. You may be discouraged, but you're greater than that. You may feel overwhelmed, but you're greater than that. It may be the worst day of your life, but on your worst day, you're still greater than everything that the enemy can bring against you. Glory to God. You've got to be anchored in this thing. Amen. What shall separate you from the love of God? Shall tribulation, shall distress, shall pearls, famine, nakedness, no strife? Nay, I'm persuaded all day long that we are led as lambs to the slaughter but I am persuaded that neither life nor death angels or principalities things present or things to come are able to separate me from the love of my God I want to tell you ladies and gentlemen that there is nothing that can stop the love of God getting to where you are the glory and his goodness he's wanting to reveal himself today but we're so overwhelmed and consumed with the voice of the enemy that he's brought us to the mountain to reveal his glory to show us his power to let us know that he is El El the most high God but we can't hear it we can't feel it we can't see it he's saying what do I gotta do I showed up in the fire I gave you an earthquake I sent the wind you're still not hearing my voice I'm telling you today God is shaking what can be shaken he's moving what can be moved he's about to say, I want to reveal Feel my power to this last day church. If you'll only believe who I said you were, I'm going to show you my goodness and my glory. (laughs) He wants to do it. But do we believe who he said we are? Or are we going to believe the lie of our enemy? I'm not making light of this spirit. This spirit's real. I don't, I don't talk of the devil in any form except in a defeated form. You'll never hear me talking the devil's junk he's defeated, but I will say this. The greatest enemy that I ever fought in my life is this Jezebel spirit because it's wrapped up in religion and people look at it and think it's religious. It's holy, it's right, and it's all at work because behind the scenes it's pulling the puppets and it's operating its work and creating its spell and weaving its weave where it's bringing in deception and discouragement and being overwhelmed. But I'm telling you today I stand here as a testimony that that spirit cannot defeat you because greater is he that is in you. (laughs) than he that is in the world. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm just, I don't know who I come to talk to today, but I needed to tell somebody that you're greater than you think you are. There's more in you than you think there is. And they don't believe the lie of the enemy. When you go by the, the, the tree, don't lay down under the tree. Just keep on walking. Just keep on moving. When you go through the wilderness, don't sit down. Just keep on walking. Keep on hearing the word of the Lord. That's the reason why David said, I hid your word in my heart. Amen. You got to get the word inside of you. So when the enemy comes with his words, you combat it. How do you combat it? The way Jesus did. It is written. Amen. It is written. So you got to get the word inside of you. I don't care how you get it in. Get listened to it on tape. Listen to it going down the road. Read it. Get it and study it. Amen. I love it however you can get it. I like this computerized stuff. I, it's great. but whenever I go to read, I want something in my hand. That's just me. That don't make it any better. That's just me. Because my Bible is all marked up. I got footnotes in there. Amen. I got stuff wrote down. You say i wouldn't write in my bible if you don't if you can't write in your bible you need to get you one you can write in amen because the enemy's going to come if he hasn't showed up yet he's on his way i don't want to be the bearer of bad news but he will test you and you better have enough word on the inside of you that when he comes you combat that you may never stand in this pulpit and preach but you better be able to preach your way out of trouble Amen. Preach your way out because the Bible said that David encouraged himself and the Lord is God. Amen. Whenever pastor's gone, whenever Sister Amy ain't singing, you got to encourage yourself in the Lord. What are you going to encourage with the word that you've hid in your heart? Amen. Praise God. Stand with me, please.